Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another message for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. Uh, this message is for, is for Sunday, April the 24th, 2022. My name is Melvin Gaines. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate your patronage on our Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page, as well as uh, visiting us in person at Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. And we welcome each and every person who is online with us today. If they're able to come, we would love to have you in church. But for those who can't make it, here is the message for Sunday, April the 24th. Let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer, and we'll get started. Father, thank you for this time that you have given to us to sit quietly now and hear you speak to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we are just in awe of you and how you indeed have given us so much to be able to take control of our lives and just live in the spirit in all things that we do. We thank you for those reminders. We thank you for your accomplishments and we thank you for your promises. Lord, we just give you praise and thanks. We ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's now our week after Resurrection Day, Resurrection Sunday, as we call it, the traditional recognition on Easter Sunday when Jesus was raised from the dead on the third day after his crucifixion. Let's do a brief recap, shall we? Turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Matthew chapter 28, and let's take a look at verses 1 through 10. Matthew 28, verses 1 through 10. And I'll be reading this passage in the New Living Translation. Matthew 28, verses 1 through 10. Let's start with verse 1. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Verse 5. Then the angel spoke to the women. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said he would happen. Would happen, excuse me. Come see where his body was lying. Verse 7. And now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. Verse 8, the women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. Imagine the euphoria that the women felt when they went to the tomb just before dawn and were told by members of the heavenly host that Jesus was not there. He was alive and on the move to Galilee. He rose from the dead just as he said he would. Now from there, the emotions of the disciples and followers were all over the place. There was wonder, joy, and incredulity, if I could say that right. They were incredulous for those closest to Jesus. 
and it was coupled with different levels of belief and disbelief. We know how Thomas had to see the hands, side and feet of Jesus to believe, but may we be like the ones Jesus referred to during his comments to Thomas. Flip over to John chapter 20, verse 29, please. John 20, verse 29. May we be like these people that is Jesus is referring to. Also from the New Living Translation, John 20, verse 29. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Amen. And that is our challenge for today and the days ahead. To believe in Jesus without seeing him. Amen. While Thomas did see Jesus face to face, you have a spirit to spirit relationship with him as you receive his strength and wisdom and obedience to his word. Amen. That spirit to spirit relationship, your spirit with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. That's the relationship that you have with Jesus Christ. Now, Paul is going to give an account here of those who witnessed Jesus after his resurrection. Please turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15, and let's look at verses 3 through 8. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 through 8. First Corinthians 15, verse 3. I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scriptures said. Verse 4, he was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive though some have died. Then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. Last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I, being Paul, also saw him. Now, we don't speak much about the period of time between the encounters, beyond the encounters that Jesus had had with the men, his disciples, and the women, his traveling support. But I think it is important for us to see that the plan of Jesus revealing himself to his people is nothing less than fascinating. The account of Jesus ends in the Gospels before the conclusion of this 40-day period before his ascension. If anything, we find that Jesus spent a lot of time during this period appearing and reappearing to the disciples just to bolster their faith and assure them that he had indeed returned. This is found in, found in Luke's introduction in the book of Acts. Flip over to Acts chapter 1, and let's look at verses 1 through 3. It's the introduction because it's the first three verses of the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. And let's look at what Luke says. Verse 1, in my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. 
Verse 3, during the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Let's consider the time Jesus and his disciples spent during the 40-day period. Jesus appeared, as it said, from time to time, just to prove that he was really alive, and the disciples were now looking at the totality of their experience to learn eternal truths directly from the one who conquered death for them. He conquered death for them, and he conquered death for all of us. Amen. Jesus, when he entered his ministry, did the following. First, invited his disciples to come and follow him, shared his wisdom and knowledge freely to all who would listen, and he healed sickness and infirmity to reach those who needed to see his miracles in order to believe. That's just a summary of what Jesus did when he entered his ministry and when he went through his ministry. In the same manner, Jesus invites us to go beyond what we see. His scriptures tell us about his life, death, burial, and resurrection. But even the disciples had to believe that what they were seeing was true. Plain and simple, they needed to have faith. Jesus had to teach them with these actions. And let's follow along so that these actions are something that we need to also see and understand as we minister to others or as we are being ministered to. First, let's go back. Jesus invites everyone to come and see. Come and see. Take a look, please, at John chapter 1, verses 35 through 39, and then we're going to jump over to verses 43 to 46. But let's start with verse 35 in John chapter 1. John chapter 1, verse 35 and then please follow along with me as we go. Verse 35. The following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples, that being John the Baptist. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, Look, there is the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Verse 38. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? He asked them. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Verse 39, come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying, and they remained with him the rest of the day. Now drop down to verse 43, same chapter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, come, Follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathanael, can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. I believe it is safe to say that the vast majority of people 
know of Jesus, but only a few know him in the manner that he desires. He invites everyone to come, see, and learn more about him. As you learn more about Jesus, you learn more about his character. Turn to John chapter 12. Let's look at verses 44 and 45. John 12, 44 and 45. These next few verses are going to be in the English Standard Version. John 12, verses 44 and 45. Verse 44 says, And Jesus cried out and said, Whoever believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me, sees him who sent me. When you look upon Jesus and who he is, you recognize you're speaking to the one and only, the Christ. And it reflects upon who God is, who is holy. John 14, 9 says, Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long and you still don't know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Go to Jeremiah 29, verse 13, please. Jeremiah 29, verse 13. Jeremiah 29, verse 13. It says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Jesus just wants us to come and see who he is. For those of us who know who he is, we understand that very clearly. But you have to understand there are a lot of people who need to know who Jesus is. And they have to start out by the curiosity of wondering who Jesus truly is. And Jesus will reveal himself to them. Jesus' early ministry was all about inviting people to come and see who he was. He knew that those who loved him would follow and learn more from him. The next thing to look at is when Jesus said, Come to me. Come to me. Which is different from come and see. Come to me means now you're actually going directly to him in a manner where you are really responsive to what he is telling you and how things are being done. Jesus' disciples needed to see Jesus after his resurrection to remind them of his messages to the people. All the things that he had said prior to his crucifixion. All the teachings, all of the uh, communication. He was reminding those disciples of all those things that had transpired. He was still continuing to teach them that Jesus was to be their heart's desire. And he told them that it was perfectly fine to just come directly to him and go to him in prayer whenever it was necessary. His appeal to those who were carrying life's burdens was another way to draw people near to him. He simply said, come to me and I will make things better. This also developed the faith of those who were initially without hope. Please take a look at Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Go to Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. 
Matthew 11, verse 28. And we'll read through verse 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. Flip over to John chapter 6. Let's look at verses 35 through 37. John 6, 35 to 37. Verse 35 in John chapter 6. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. You can see there's a benefit for believing, and we'll get to believing in a moment, but there's a benefit to believing that Jesus is who he says he is. He indeed will embrace you and keep you, and there's no way that anyone's going to separate your relationship with him because you decided to go to see him and now come to him in a way that you believe in him. The invitation is always open, for anyone who desires fellowship with Jesus Christ. Anyone. Here's a passage that I ran across that I thought was very interesting. Go to Revelation 22, verse 17. Revelation 22, verse 17. Revelation 22, 17 also in the English Standard Version. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let the one who hears say, Come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires to take the water of life without price. That's in Revelation. And you notice that while at that particular time we're referring to people who have already probably passed on. Amen. We're at the very end of, of days at that point that we are referring to in Scripture. But it still shows you that Jesus, the Lord, has always invited people to come and see who he was. Come and find out more about him. Come and learn more from him. That's a universal truth. Jesus has always been inviting. He has never been a God who has said, I don't have any time for you. I don't have anything to do with you. That's not his nature. That's not his character. It's an open invitation to seek after Jesus Christ until it isn't anymore. If you desire to come to Jesus, do it soon. Do it soon. As a matter of fact, do it now. For tomorrow is not promised to any one of us. Amen? It's not. Listen to Jesus when he calls you. He is saying, come to me. Come to him with your moments of joy, also your moments of pain, and with your prayers and petitions. 
James chapter 5, verse 13 says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Tell Jesus how you feel. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You recognize that all of these things we just talked about, are those are God's will for you. That's what he desires for you to do. That's what he longs for you to do. He wants that relationship with you. Amen. Take a look at John 15, verse 7. Please turn to that. John 15, verse 7. John chapter 15, verse 7. It says, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Amen. God is faithful. If you're in his will, if you are acting according to his will, he is highly responsive. He will respond, and he will give you what you need to be able to succeed and function. Amen. Finally, Jesus said, believe in me. Believe in me. The 40 days following Jesus' resurrection were filled with calls for the disciples to not doubt, but believe in Jesus. Believe in everything that they have seen and have faith that what they witnessed would carry them on to their future mission to proclaim Jesus as Lord and Savior to all who would hear it. Jesus knew that their mature faith in him would make them unstoppable. Amen. Believing wholeheartedly in Jesus helped them to overcome fear. And you know what? That's exactly what we should want as believers. A mature faith that makes us unstoppable, that eliminates fear, overcoming fear, believe wholeheartedly in Jesus. Go to Luke 24, verses 44 through 49. We'll go through this very quickly, but this is communication that was being spoken to the disciples Again, this was after his resurrection, um, spoken by Jesus after his resurrection. Luke 24, start with verse 44 and follow along, please. This is uh, back to the New Living Translation. Then he said, when I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. And then verse 49, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you 
with power from heaven. Amen and amen. This is where Jesus was making it very clear to the disciples. All of their experiences were now being wrapped up and tied into a neat little bow for them to see what was going on here and truly understand how important it was for them to have faith in Jesus Christ and believe, believe in Jesus. Mark 9, verse 23, ESV version. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. We need to go more than if you can. Amen? That was the father of the blind man who was healed by Jesus that said, if you can. Or, no, excuse me. That was the father of the one who was uh, uh, causing all kinds of violent turmoil. And that's what was taking place here. I want to make sure I get that correct. And, of course, in John chapter 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Amen. Flip over to John chapter 6, verse 38 through 40. This is Jesus speaking once again. And of course, this is in line exactly with John 3.16. How much do God, does God love us? God loves us so much because he gave us Jesus Christ. And so here is another statement that is basically affirming that passage. It says in verse 38 of John chapter 6, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Amen. Raise him up on the last day. Now he's referring to anybody who's a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. He has you all taken care of if you believe in him. John 12, 46 says, I have come into the world as light that, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Amen. And because there's a lot of darkness in the world, we need the light of Jesus to help us when it comes to our path, our trajectory, our direction and being able to navigate this world that we're in. Amen? And of course, if you know about Romans Road, you know where this is going. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13. Turn to Romans 10, verses 9 through 13, please. Romans 10, 9 to 13. Verse 9. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Amen. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord 
will be saved. Amen. Amen. Just call on his name and believe in him. And you have an eternity with him because you did that. You trusted in him enough to do that. Believing in Jesus is more important today than ever. He challenged the disciples to believe in him and he challenges us to do the same. Please go back to John chapter 6. Let's look at John chapter 6, verses 26 through 29. John chapter 6, verses 26 through 29. Believe in Jesus. Verse 26, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, you want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. Verse 28, they replied, We want to perform God's works too. What should we do? Verse 29, Jesus told them, This is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. Believe in Jesus. That's all that necessary. If you want to do good works, believe in Jesus. If you want to serve him, believe in him. That's what's most important. Not the works, but just believing. Living in such a manner where you're honoring the Lord Jesus Christ in belief. Don't let the celebration of Resurrection Sunday wane to a place of complacency in Christ. There's no better time than the present to continue the development of your personal relationship in Jesus. Jesus continued to teach the disciples as there was still the need to get them ready to go out into the world and preach the gospel. That's in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. He knew that the Spirit would empower them, but they had to believe in Jesus and trust wholeheartedly in him. Of course, the Spirit helps with that, but they had to start with a foundational approach. Believe in Jesus. Believe that he is who he says he is. Use this precious time to learn from Jesus as the disciples did. Believe in the one that God has sent to us. Believe in him for what he has done for you. Father, we thank you for your teaching. We thank you for your instruction. We thank you for your guidance. Lord, help us to also just go back to the scriptures and read and review and study to learn more about who you are. Lord, we want to learn more about your character. We want to learn more about how you operate in our lives. We want to learn more about how you can be more involved in our lives. We pray, Lord, that you help us with these very things. We want to be mature in our faith. We don't want fear to overcome us when it comes to speaking up about your name. And we thank you for how much we've learned from Resurrection Sunday, but may we carry that lesson of who you are and what you've done for us. Carry it forward from this day 
on in speaking to others about your goodness, in fact, your greatness, Lord. And we thank you and we give you praise. We ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me today for another message for Akron Elias Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. We welcome anyone who wants to come to church and join us. We're at 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio. Sunday mornings, you'll see us at 11 o'clock. But join us here online as well, too, if you can't make it. We'd love to have you. Thanks so much for being with us, and we will see you next time.